The following is a presentation of Highlands Church, helping de-churched people become more fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us at highlandsadventure.org. If you're here for the first time, I really want to welcome you to this church. I hope you feel what God is doing in this place and in this time. And we hope that you're blessed by this service. We also want to say hi to our friends in Seattle today who are listening. And we welcome you to this worship service. And we ask that God bless you as well as you are a part of our uh, worship service here on the Central Coast where the weather is always totally perfect, right? (laughs) So we are starting a new series, as you've heard, called God Love Sex. Not God Loves Sex, although God does love sex within the context of marriage, but we're going to talk about God, and we're going to talk about love, and we're going to talk about sex. And I have to say, this is a series that I am really a little bit nervous about doing. I don't know. I mean, uh, I think it didn't help when one of my staff members earlier in the week said, (coughs) Matt Fox, that um, (laughs) he would rather have a root canal without anesthesia than listen to a sermon on sex. And, And maybe that's where you are today. For me also, it's a cultural thing. It's like we just don't talk about it. I come from four generations of Presbyterian ministers, and I come from a Scottish family, and to Scottish people don't talk about sex. You know, um, Hector and Janie were driving their car. They were newlyweds. They were in the north of Scotland, and they were driving. It was the honeymoon, and Hector says to Janie, Janie, uh, you know, we just got married. Do you want to go in the back seat? And Jenny says, no, I'm not going in the back seat. And Hector says, well, let's talk a little bit then. And then he asked, well, back seat, Jenny. She said, no, I'm not going in the back seat. All right, let's ta- talk a little more. Jenny, you know, we just got married. Back seat. No, I'm not going in the back seat. Well, why not? Well, I want to sit here with you. So <laughs> that is my people, okay? We don't want to talk about it. So <laughs> that may be where you are today. And I just want you to know how uncomfortable it is to do this. I mean, I am really out of my comfort zone up here talking about sex. I want you to just know how I feel. I want you to turn to the person sitting next to you, and I want you to ask them, tell me your deepest sexual desires. Would you do that for me right now? Come on, go ahead. It'll be good for you. Come on. Now turn to the other person, because I know that that person is your spouse. I want you to turn to the other person and do that. So It's really a hard thing to talk about, and yet it is a deeply important subject, and I feel very strongly, I've prayed a lot about this series, about this message, because I feel that this is a time in the world's history when we are more barraged by sexual imagery, by videos, by uh, MTV songs, and by music, by um, Google, by internet, by magazines. We are actually more barraged by what I would call this false god of sex than at any other time, I think, in at least this country's history. I don't know how you feel about it, but for a long time, what what I've tried to do is kind of block it all out, you know, and I'm going to live in my world. By the way, this is the Christian dualistic approach that we've done for years. There's the godly stuff and then there's the bodily stuff. And we just don't go with the bodily stuff. And yet that doesn't work for us theologically, does it? Because Jesus came in flesh. And so that's a very confusing thing for us. So, but I was at the gym the other day. I went to the gym, and I know that may be hard for you to believe that I do work out, but I try to get over there now and then. And I, I forgot my iPhone, so I had to listen to the iPublic sound system, which isn't as good. So I'm on the treadmill, and I'm running along, and I hear this song that I'm like, this is really catchy. I really like the lyrics, I'm just, and I like the song. It's just so catchy, and I'm running, running a lot faster because of it. And the song lyric goes something like this, if you see Kate, and I thought, well, isn't that the most wonderful lyric in the world, if you see Kate, if you see Kate, 
if you see Kate, and then I thought about what that spells, and I thought about this subliminal message that was coming through to me. Now, there were kids, and there were people of all different ages in the gym, and and so I decided I was just going to block it all out, right? So I go to a magazine, and I figure, well, it, you know, there were a whole bunch of magazines, not too many, like Time magazines and such like that over there, but there's like 17 and such like that, and People magazine, it was just page after page after page about, about sex, about sex, about sex. And I really realized that we are living in a world where we actually can't block it all out. And so what I want to talk about today is how we can trust God's plan for our lives. This is really, by the, best, by the way, Ione from Ireland. Um, this, you're going to like this. So a uh, true story, Rihanna, you know the great singer Rihanna, I love Rihanna. Uh, but some of her lyrics are a little bit, uh, little bit in your face and possibly a little sexual. But she was doing a video in Ireland, true story. Now talk about how we can't block it out anymore. There's a rural farmer who lives in Ireland. She's doing a video called We Found Love. According to this story from, uh, I believe, the New York Post, it said that Rihanna, who's 23, switched in the middle of this cornfield from flannel checkered shirt into stars and stripes bikini, then a red bra, a mesh black top, and then finally went topless. True story. Before this farmer named Alan Graham, one of my people probably, doesn't like the thing to talk about it, he climbed off his tractor to protest and says, I had a conversation with Rihanna, and I hope she understands where I'm coming from. And we shook hands. (laughs) Not much more to that story. The point is that I don't care if we're in rural Ireland or we're in Paso Robles, there's almost no way for us to block it all out. And yet still God is God, and God has boundaries for our lives, and God has plans for our lives. So I want to talk today about that a little bit. I went to my first high school football game that I've ever been to in Pastor Robles on Friday. I really enjoyed that game, and I know it's not good that I've been your pastor for six years and I haven't gone to a game, but I'm going to try to be a better pastor, okay? And I will go to Templeton or Tascadero games if you want. I know there are many people who this church should go there. I won't wear your hat, but I will go to your games. But I was thinking about this, you know, there are the boundaries of football, and there is the game of football. And what I've been thinking about is, for years and years and years, Christians have only talked about the boundaries of sex, and we've never really talked about the game, the plan. I mean, imagine this. Let's say the guys went to the football game. They've been practicing two-a-days for many, many uh, summer hot afternoons, and they had worked on all these plays, and the refs came out, and the refs said, okay, guys, this is the gridiron here, and I want you to remember there's not going to be any clipping, there's not going to be any face masking, there's not going to be any um, uh, legal blocking, and I want you to make sure that you stay within these boundaries here. Is that clear, guys? The guy said, yeah, that's fine. And then the ref said, okay, good, go home. Well, that wouldn't be much fun, would it? And that's actually what's happened in Christianity for years upon years upon years. We've just talked about the boundaries. Now, I want to be really clear about this because we live in a world where the boundaries are getting crossed and they're confused and they, we live at a time when it is barraging us. The boundaries are very important. And we'll talk about them quickly. But we never talk about the plan. God's plan for your sexual life is extremely rich and lustrous and adventurous within the boundaries It is the most personal, most intimate story that God will ever have in your life, whether you're married or whether you're single, whether you're older or whether you're younger. God has a very rich plan for you. So I want you to remember that we need to focus more on the plan for our lives that God has and not just the boundaries. You're never going to think about football in the same way again, are you? I'm sorry for that. Okay, so what are the boundaries? They're actually very simple. And the world's boundaries are so complex 
The world's boundaries are utterly complex. They are a maze, a labyrinth, but Christ's followers have a very simple boundary for sex. And that is our lives are supposed to not be sexually in an active way as single people. And then, if God gives us the gift of marriage, and not everybody has the gift of marriage, we're supposed to be with that one person, a person of the opposite sex from us, that one person, until death do us part. That is God's sexual plan for our, that's sexual boundaries for our lives. Now, I know there are actually some smaller intricacies of this. We could talk about divorce. There are some examples of divorce, and Jesus gives justification for that in the Bible. But the plan is very simple. That the, the, the boundary is very simple. We're supposed to be single and sexual, or chastity is the official word for that, although we try not to use that anymore. It just doesn't have the same ring as it used to. But we're supposed to be single and non-sexual. And then, within the boundaries of marriage, we're supposed to be sexual. Now, that is God's boundary. And I'm, you may be saying to yourself, well, I've tried for a long, long time, and I've gone outside of the boundaries. And this is a very important time for us to say that almost everybody who has ever lived have gone outside of the boundaries at some time. 99.95% of the population, I would say, have ever done that. And we believe in this church, no perfect people allowed. If you're perfect on this, you can't stay in this church. Plenty of churches you can join, but not this one. But we believe that there are lots of ways, and we'll talk about how people can go outside of the boundaries in terms of fantasy life or in terms of thought life or in terms of other things. But almost everybody has, but God brings redemption, where God brings healing, God brings wholeness again. So that's the boundary. But that's where usually pastors sit down and say the word of the Lord, thanks be to God, and you go home and go, great, thanks, pastor guy. But the plan is so much richer than that. The plan within the boundary is richer than you will ever be able to comprehend. There's actually a book in the Bible which we're not going to study, frankly, because it's just too graphic. But if you want to know one person's plan for sex, it was in the Song of Songs. Listen to just the first verse, and I can't even go to verse 5 because it is so explicit. But let's go just for the first couple of verses. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine, pleasing for the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like perfume poured out. No wonder the maidens love you. Take me away with you. Let us hurry. Let the king bring me into his chambers. Can we turn the AC on? It's getting really, really hot in here. I mean it. It is getting hot. Okay. What I want to do is offer a text today. Today I don't want to talk about the plan. I want, if you are in the gift of marriage, I want you to uh, talk about that with your spouse. We'll talk about that a little bit. If you're not in marriage, God still has a plan for your sexual life, and it's a miraculous one, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I want to take a look at Psalm 37. It was written, if you will remember, by a guy named David. And if you will remember, David fell outside of God's plan for his life. And yet, God used David in a huge way. But I want to talk today about trust. Today's message is trusting God's plan for your sexual life. Next week, we're going to talk about trusting God's plan for your marriage life. But I actually think that is the biggest problem in our world today. It's actually not that we don't know the boundaries. Everybody seems to, whether they follow them or not. And it isn't sometimes that we don't know the plan, although I don't know that we always do. But it is that we don't sometimes trust that plan. I mean, really, God? Is that plan really the best I mean, I think I know myself a little bit better than you do in this one area. Lord, I know you're good at, like, finances, and you're good at jobs, and you're good at, like, agriculture, but this sex area is my little area. But God has a plan that is rich, and if we trust that, trust that, 
God has great plans for all of us. Let's take a look at our text. I love this text, and I hope that you commend it to your heart. It's in your program. Go home and read it this week. This is how it begins. Trust in the Lord. Trust. Uh, There are two words in Hebrew for trust. One is amen or aman. Would you say that with me? Aman. Aman is really rock. When we say a prayer, when we say amen, at the end we're really saying rock, faith, belief, aman. That's where we get our word aman. But the word used here is bata, which actually means rely on, rely on. I love, I read the Tribune every day, and uh, they always say if there's a weather article for the Central Coast, they say, the weather's going to be hot this week. According to Joel Lindsay, who has been on the Central Coast for 20 plus years and doing weather, and we can rely on his weather forecast. I wonder if he pays the Tribune to write that. Anyway, (laughs) Joel Lindsay, but he's usually right, I have to say. Same idea we would have for this. You can rely on this forecast for your life. You can rely on it. You can trust it. Trust in the Lord, rely on the Lord, and do good. This is so important to talk about as we talk about sex because there is this notion in the world, especially today, that like the badder you are, the worse you are, the better your sex life will be. You know, bad boys, bad girls. No. Good. You be good. Goodness is what gives you God's plan. Goodness, not badness. Okay. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Imagine this scene. We don't live far from pastures like this. It's a beautiful day. It's natural. It's a natural thing from God. It's God invented. Delight. Now, this is the focus. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in God's boundary and in His plan. Delight yourself in that. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, again, not to put too much Hebrew on you, but there are three words for Hebrew. One for desires. One is kavetz, and that's basically sex. And the other word is soka, which is sex. And the other word, which is actually used here, is mishalot. It's where we, if you ever go over to Israel, or if you see a Jewish person say mishalom ka or mishalom ek, mishalot. It literally means a deep, 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 way deeper than sex sex need that we have met in our lives. Rely on the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the mishalot of your heart. I've been counseling people in subjects like this for 10 years or more, and I talked to a dear woman who is in uh, last service who said, you know how hard this is for me, and there's so many men who on the first or second date just want to push the boundaries on this. And, And I say to her, I said to her, but I know it's hard, pushing back all the time, what they're really looking for is mishalot, so deeply in their life. They're really not looking for soka. Most of us aren't. We really want that deep, 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 deep kind of desire that's met by the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. I love this. Trust in Him. Rely on Him, and He will do this. You can trust Him. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn. This is my favorite verse of this. Because we live in a culture, especially sexually, where it's if you have ever gone outside the boundaries in any which way, then that's it, right? You've heard that before. I've heard pastors stand up before and say, you know, uh, you, your life is like a bottle of champagne sexually. The bottle gets open, you never put it back again. Hogwash. Jesus came and died on the cross to put the champagne back in the bottle. Christ came to make things new in our lives. I love this line. He will make you, your righteousness shine like the dawn. We may not see the sun this morning come up, but if we do, it's going to be fresh and clean. Isn't that what you most want in your sexual life? 
something new, fresh, clean, something from God. And then I love that. It's like the morning sun, and then in the afternoon it says this, justice of your cause like the noonday sun. We live in the central coast. We know what noonday sun is, right? It's long and it's pretty steady. So God will give you newness and steadiness in your life. And that's his promise. You can trust. You can rely on that. So I've kind of prayed a lot about what I might share with you today about my sexual life in a way that isn't TMI. And trust me, this is not easy. Um, But I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah, which is coming into the news a lot lately. Uh, I grew up mostly with Mormon friends in Salt Lake City, Utah. You've heard of Mitt Romney. I went to high school with Peachy Romney, his niece, a very nice girl, and I knew the Huntsman uh, guys. They went to Highlands High down the way. Maybe that's where I got the name of Highlands. I can't remember. But, but what I experienced in high school was hanging out with Mormons, and we're going to do a class on Mormonism in January. And what I want to talk about are some positive things we can actually learn about Mormonism, and I'm going to talk about some very big differences we have with Mormonism. But, but one of the things that was so positive was this clean living that I had growing up there. I mean, I remember, I mean, I was at this high school football game the other day, and uh, I mean, remember, I would just be elated if after a football game, I happened to, we'd go out to dinner with a group or something, and I, I happened to uh, uh, maybe talk to a girl, and maybe I would get a tiny, tiny little kiss on the front porch. I was like on cloud 99, you know? And it was always kind of weird, because in Salt Lake, there were like 14 kids up in the upper window going, ha, ha. And then my friends would always drive by in their car and they'd be like, hoo, hoo, good one, Graham. I mean, it was kind of weird. High school. We're talking about a kiss on the front porch. But I remember how, how wonderful that was. That Michelot. It wasn't Soka. It wasn't Kavetz. It was this deep, wonderful, and I don't mean that experience. I just mean my youth. It was within God's plan for my life, and I don't want to stand up here and say that I've that before I got married, that I've always been perfect. There were times in college when I stepped outside the boundaries. And I can just tell you with all the conviction I have in my heart that that was not a time of Michelot. It was a time of thinness. And it was a time of confusion and darkness. And, and God wants us to have this deep Michelot, which is sexual as well as connected to God. So I want us to think about that today, and I want you to think about that in your own life and to trust God's plan for your life, your sexual life. And the first thing just to remember is God's plan really is better than our plan. God's plan is better than our plan in our marriage. God's plan is better than our plan in our finances. God's plan is better than our plan in our sex lives. So Peter is at Pearly Gates, and there are three guys who come up to heaven. They all die and go to heaven, and Peter says, hey, good to see you. Uh, and the guy says, yeah, I'm kind of amazed to be here. But he said, yeah, come on. And Peter said, you haven't been perfect in this life, so I'm going to send you off uh, with this woman here who uh, is not very smart. She doesn't talk all that well communicatively, and she's not that pretty, but you're going to spend eternity with her. And he said, what's up with that? Well, Peter said, um, you did kick your dog when you were six. He said, okay, I'll take my lumps. And so the second guy comes along, same thing happened. Peter said, I want you to spend eternity with this person. Well, the third guy came along. This guy had been a sinner his whole life. I mean, he was way out of the box. He comes out to the pearly gates, and uh, Peter says, here, here, son, I want you to send you with this beautiful woman, incredible woman. She's intelligent, and she's a great conversationalist. And all the other two guys were like, what gives? He said, well, she was the one who kicked her dog when she was six. And so... (Laughter) 
Sorry about that. Thank you for laughing at that, by the way. You, you have no idea how hard it is to find jokes about God and sex, okay? So when we're talking about trusting God's plan for our lives, we're talking about this. And we're talking about this. The old-fashioned word for this is calling. You may have heard of people saying, well, you've got a calling, pastor, for preaching. Or you've got a calling for your work. And we usually think about it like that, but God actually has a calling for your sexual life. It's a plan. It's a wonderful plan. I used to get National Geographic. I loved that magazine. Uh, just, I can't afford it now, but it was an amazing magazine when I could afford it. And I loved the pictures, and I would sometimes just open up the picture, and I would just kind of wish there was a much bigger bigger picture that I could have. Sometimes I would actually open the flaps, and it was this huge, huge picture. God's plan is like that magazine opened up four or five times. And as long as we're on the subject of magazines, I just have to say this. There are many people who are looking for their plan for sex in magazines, on internets, on Google, and videos, and movies, and music. And I just have to say that is so, so far from the rich plan that God has for your life. And I'm not standing up here in judgment or condemnation. Our church believes in no perfect people allowed, but you won't find God's plan for your life in that place. It is an amazing plan. Trust me on this. Trust the Lord. But that's number one. God has an amazing plan. God's plans are better than our plans. Secondly, you know, think about this. Not all cravings in our life are meant to be met. We live in this world where every craving we have, is, we just basically say, you know, fill it, right? I mean, food. We have 24-hour restaurants now, uh, of course, 24-hour drive-ins, and the food is quite tantalizing, especially at one in the morning, and we live in a world where it's sort of like if you have this craving, go for it. But did you know that we're actually supposed to health, dietitians actually say that it is a healthier state, not all the time, to actually be a little bit hungry. We're supposed to be a little bit hungry. We're not always supposed to be filled. Uh, Sleep. Okay, we're not supposed to have all of our sleep cravings met. Many of you are probably tired right now going, that's a real blessing for me to hear God. I mean, Graham, Freudian slip. Um, imagine if you were at work and you put your head down on your desk and said, uh, boss, I'm going to take about two hours now. I just need to sleep. Not all of our anger needs are supposed to be met, you know? We're not supposed to just vent every single time we have this need to dump on somebody. We're not. And we're also not supposed to have all of our sexual cravings met, both inside and outside of marriage. We're not. We're supposed to have a little bit of that itch, of that craving in our lives. That's what helps us dig into the mishalot that God has for us. Uh, kind of uh, funny story, Mark Brewer, who is the pastor of Bel Air Presbyterian Church down, down south in Bel Air, a different community than ours, uh, a little bit more promiscuous in the way people dress down there. It's a wonderful church, and uh, it's a great church, but he actually had to stand up at church recently and say, I'm just going to say this, and it really is not, it's not something I want to say to all the women in the church. Would you please wear a little more clothes when you come to church? And uh, because he said it's really, being, it's really hard <laughs> for many people in this church who don't. This is really, the point is that not all of our cravings are, are supposed to be met. That's two. The three, third is this, and I don't want to be one bit glib about this, because I've heard so many pastors stand up and just, you know, say, you know, just got to do this. It's, it's really easy. It is not easy. We live at a time in our life when there is more and more of a barrage of imagery 
and content, and especially for young people today. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that that God can help you with this. And if you have gone outside the boundaries, there is redemption, there is forgiveness, and there is wholeness once again. The last thing is this. I want to give you my best piece of sexual advice. And I've been married for 11 years. We've been faithful to each other. Star and I, we will be faithful to each other, and that's about all I'm going to say about my Soka life. But I will say that one of the things that's helped Star and I so much in our lives is focusing on God. The best sexual advice I can give you is to focus on that which is so much bigger than you. You know, sex is an intimate thing. It's a very personal thing, and so the tendency in our lives is to maybe focus on that particular little, small, intimate thing. But no. The more we focus on the size and the grandeur of God, the better and the the more powerful our intimacy lives are. Every night I take my dog Honey out for a walk on the golf course, and by the way, that is a little outside the boundaries, so please don't tell the golf course owners I do that, but But every night I look up at the stars, I have this thing where honey pulls me along and I trust that she won't lead me into a ditch and usually she doesn't. But go with this image, I trust that this wonderful dog of mine won't lead me and I look up at the stars of this incredible sky, they are huge and beautiful and I think about the God that made those stars, way bigger than I will ever be able to wrap my mind around. And what they are finding is in the old days, it was astrophysicists never used to connect with nuclear biologists. It was the largest of things and the smallest of things. But what they are finding is the way to study the stars, the way to focus on the smallest of things, a quark, is to look at the largest of things. The way in your life to have the most rich sexual plan God has for you is to focus not on the smallest of things, but focus on the biggest of things of God, and he will bring you these things. Rely on him. He will not lead you into a ditch. He will send you to safe places and good things. Let me pray for you because it is only through the power of prayer that we can be in this place and at this time and break ourselves of this rather large demon that many of us struggle with. Father in heaven, we come to you wanting Michelot, We want the deepest of things in our lives. We want this plan which is rich. And so we commit to you that some of us haven't trusted as we could fully. We ask that we would be able to delight in your path and that we would know that our deepest desires and even our Soka desires will be met in you. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God of forgiveness and you are a God of redemption. And you are a God who makes all things new. We pray that on this day and in this time that you would help us to be freed from this thing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This has been a presentation of Highlands Church, helping de-churched people become more fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.